Welcome to Story Radio, the home for readers, writers and lovers of short stories everywhere. Today we're listening to E.E. E. King, reading her story, St. Esteban of the Children, set during the festival of the Dia de los Muertos, or Day of the Dead. St. Esteban of the Children by E.E. E. King The children, the angelitos, passed first, treading paths made of marigolds. The morning after, if you looked closely, you could see small footprints in the golden petals. That was why parents always made impressions of their newborn's feet, even before they were baptized, pressing heel, sole, and each tiny toe tenderly into the dark ink, then rolling them over white paper, learning by heart the snail-like curves and intricate mazes that marked every individual. That way, if their babies died, they would recognize the tracks their children left when they came home the eve of October 31st, to spend the day with their families. When the children returned to their graves on the twilight of November 1st, the path to the cemetery was marked by golden swirls of petals that had momentarily stuck into the grooves of each tiny foot. It was Esteban's first time out. He'd been dead just under a year. Perhaps this was why he'd become confused on the way back to the grave. It was unusual for him to be lost. During his ten years on Earth, he's always been adept at finding missing objects, pets, and people. It was Esteban who spotted lost jewels, sparkling like fallen stars in the dusty fields, and discovered the panicky poodles and frightened babies everyone was searching for. When his abuela, Maria Alcela de Solores' wedding ring, slipped from her finger, it was Esteban who spied it glittering in the limestone arroyo like a speck of mica. And when Senor Diaz's youngest daughter, Magdalena Maria Josefina, waded into the river and got swept away, it was Esteban who found her clinging to a willow branch more than 500 meters downstream. Maria Leticia Laurentia, Esteban's mother, said it was because Esteban had been born on St. Jude, patron saint of lost causes, feast day. Few Christians dare to invoke the name of Jude for fear that their entreaties might reach Christ's betrayer Judas by mistake. Thus, the ignored Jude is eager to assist anyone and will intercede even in the direst of circumstances. Esteban had died trying to save a puppy. He'd been drawn to a dry well by cries as plaintive as a baby's that no one else seemed to hear. In the bottom of a pit more than four meters deep crouched a tiny white dog with curly hair and eyes as big, brown, and soulful as Esteban's own. A stone came loose. Esteban toppled in, smashing his head on the hard stone bottom. The puppy, though splattered with blood, was unhurt. To everyone's amazement, Maria kept the dog, naming it Viti, little Esteban, 
in memory of her son. Now, almost a year after his death, Esteban awoke, leapt from his grave, and hurried after the children who were weaving through the confusion of old stones and around the hard, bare mounds of dirt that lay hidden beneath elaborate floral displays. Gliding through the old black metal gates, Esteban drifted home, drawn by the cries of Vite and the scent of sorrow wafting from his mother's bedroom window. Inside the kitchen, Maria was placing a dozen tiny loaves of pan de muertos on Esteban's altar. The bread, made with half a dozen fresh eggs, blood oranges, and wild anise seeds had been salted by tears and sweetened with longing. Tiny, sugar-bright icing faces peered out from between the folds of dough like hidden sorrows. Even though Vite had only seen Esteban once, the dog leapt up and down, joyfully panting as soon as the boy's spirit drifted through the heavy oak doors. Esteban glided to the altar, sucking the essence of bread into his hollow body, nurturing his spirit with his mother's love. He had not eaten for a year, and the bread, even though it was just a spirit of bread, filled him with happiness and made him drowsy. Lying down on his bed, which was made up with freshly laundered sheets that smelled of lavender and devotion, he drifted off into a dream-filled sleep totally unlike the slumbers of death. Generally speaking, the dead do not dream. Instead, they lie in a toper so complete and peaceful, even their flesh melts into repose. But that night, Esteban dreamed of sugar skulls and flying, of mother's kisses and morning light, of playing fetch with small white dogs. Perhaps his dreams, like his discovery skills, were inspired by St. Jude, for are not dreams the ultimate lost cause? Difficult to remember? Impossible to forget? Stealing from waking hours, telling stories in the night, and Esteban listened. He floated away on reveries, dozing all through the night into the day and the next day and the night beyond. Vite snuggled next to him, warming the memory of his bones. The days were overcast, and he was so comfortable that although he was supposed to return to the cemetery on November 1st, he didn't waken until the 3rd, when a stray sunbeam wandered through a rain cloud and shone into his eyes. Then he leapt up hastily, throwing the coverlet onto the floor and startling his mother so severely that if she'd had a weak heart, she might have followed him into the grave. Esteban raced from the house, seeking the path of marigolds, but they were gone, blown away by playful gusts of winds, trampled by burros, and smashed into nothing by cartwheel tires and the pounding of many feet. Esteban turned in circles, whirling like a leaf in a twister, dazed by light and day. Sun glinted down, tinting the afternoon streets with gold, gilding the edges of each cobblestone and pouring through Esteban until he was paler than a mist. Vite ran after him, but even the most faithful dog cannot see ghosts in daylight. Phantoms navigate by starlight, following the pull of darkness that rises in the dust of their bones like a tide. That 
is the reason they prefer night. That is the reason they shun the light. Maybe he should go back home. Possibly he could crawl under the bed and hide until next year. But it was too late. For the first time in his life or death, he was lost. Each day that he drifted beneath sunny skies, he dimmed. Each night he remained out of his grave, he faded, until by winter solstice he was less than a twilight haze over still water. And as his ghost dwindled away, all recollections of him diminished, for no matter how strong love is, it cannot remember a daylight ghost. It was probably Esteban's last night on earth. In the morning, he would be nothing. Then even his mother would forget the boy she had loved so much, for it is only memory that keeps the dead alive. As he began to disappear, dwindling into the darkness, a voice rose out of the night, quavering as uncertainly as light through a storm. Esteban drifted toward the sound, pulled to something for the first time since he had overslept. On the ground knelt a small white boy, he was obviously dead. Even Esteban's non-existent eyes could see that. Why are you crying, he whispered, his voice a tickle in the wind. The boy looked up, tears forming transparent pathways down his skin. I'm lost, he said. I can't get home. I went to the door, but I couldn't open it, and my mother wouldn't let me in. <clears throat> he sobbed, each teardrop washing away more of him. Esteban laid a gentle hand on the ghost's shoulder. It was like being touched by a breeze. Don't you know you're dead? he asked. The boy's eyes opened so wide Esteban could see into his soul. It's okay, he said. You can rest now. Sleep quiet in your grave. It's not bad. It's peaceful in the cemetery. Then rise on October 31st and you can spend the whole day with your family. As he spoke, Esteban grew stronger and more solid. Can you show me the way? asked the ghost boy. Suddenly, Esteban could see the bright pathway of golden marigolds. Their scent filled him with longing. He took the ghost boy by the hands, lucent fingers interlacing like braids of fog, and led him gently to the boneyard. Now he was back. Esteban thought he'd lay down to sleep. But outside of the old metal gates, he heard a cry as soft as sunset. Just outside the gates knelt a small, translucent girl. Why are you crying? Esteban asked. Are you lost? The child stuck a glass-clear thumb into her mouth. Gazing up at him out of wide, night-black eyes, she nodded. I tried to go home, she lisped, but Mommy wouldn't let me in. She, she didn't even see me. Don't you know you're dead? asked Esteban. The little girl shook her head. What's dead? she said, tongue twisting around her soggy finger. Gently, Tenderly, he took the girl's free hand and led her toward the grave. It's okay, he said. Do not worry. Rest now. But I'm cold, she whispered. If you lie down in your grave, the love of your mother will cover you like a blanket. 
and each November 1st, you can return home and let her memories fill you like a sea of hot chocolate and warm you for another year. He kissed the child softly as she faded back into the earth. Thus it was that Esteban did not return to the earth that year, or the next, or the next. Instead, he became a guide, leading the newly dead down the path of marigolds to sleep. Seven years later, when Vite died, he joined Esteban in searching out and leading the deceased to peace and slumber. And from that day to this, mothers tell their baby that if they ever lose their way, in this life or the next, to look for a ghostly boy with a little white dog who will lead them to safety. That was St. Esteban of the Children, written and read by E. E. King and produced by Tabitha Potts. The music was adapted from a track called La Llorona by Trio La Aurora from freemusicarchive.org. If you've enjoyed listening, why not review or rate us on Apple Podcasts? Stay safe and well. Goodbye.